With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, Brawl listeners. Are you struggling to find the perfect little stocking stuffer? Head over to Manscaped.com. Use promo code BRAWL. That's Manscaped.com. You'll save yourself 20% and you get free shipping. Use promo code BRAWL. Grab the new Lawnmower 3.0. Believe me, you can thank me later. But do not head into the holidays like a matted up Sasquatch. Get Lawnmower 3.0. Spend a few bucks on maintaining the Christmas cookies and get yourself ready to slide down the chimney. With their speedy shipping, you've still got time, but you need to head over now to manscaped.com. Use promo code BRAWL. Save yourself 20% and get free shipping. That's manscaped.com. What's up? Welcome to the Deep Sleepers podcast, the podcast to listen to if you watch football with ulterior motives. I'm Jeremy Layton. And I am Samantha Reedy. So a little bit different today. Uh, we're going to have a bit of a condensed episode. We got a bit of a time crunch, a bit of a schedule crunch. So we're going to just try to get you some fantasy stuff, some betting stuff, and then get out of here quickly. So um, my, apologize, my apologies if you expected a very long episode and us rambling for 20 minutes about Chase Edmonds, but it's not going really <laughs> to happen this week because I don't really have any Chase Edmonds takes. I don't know if you do this week, Samantha, or any like, who are the other people we keep talking about? DJ Chark? Yeah, DJ Chark. I don't know. Uh, we hate a lot of people. So <laughs> We hate a lot of people and we like irrationally love a lot of people. I think I think our love for Chase Edmonds is kind of venture, venturing into the irrational territory. That's okay. Uh, and Jonathan Taylor. We talk about Jonathan Taylor a lot. Well, we've we've like very much gone up and down. Like we've ridden, <laughs> we rode the Jonathan Taylor band. Jonathan Taylor. I can't even speak today. This is a problem. Um, we rode the Jonathan Taylor bandwagon for a while, then we hopped off of it, and now we're like, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to get back on it yet. But he had a good game last week. But it was also against the Packers. So we'll save that for another episode. I think. I think that's uh, that's probably a good idea at this point. Very fair. Uh, I am just like one giant ball of like Thanksgiving food right now. Like I have eaten Thanksgiving food for like three straight meals. So uh, it it was a very good Thanksgiving. I hope you had some, I hope everyone had some good food and enjoyed some sort of good football, I guess. It was entertaining. I mean, the Texans game was hilarious. It was at least high scoring. Like It was objectively hilarious. There were so <laughs> many, like, ridiculous things that happened in it. There was, like, three turnovers in the span of five minutes at one point. 
<laughs> it was it was ridiculous. Um, yeah, I I had I've been kind of stuffing myself with Thanksgiving food too. We didn't do turkey. Uh, my family decided that turkey Ooh. is just kind of like a washed food. Um, so we decided to do steak and mac and cheese and some like cream spinach. Uh, I like that. And it was great. I'm very glad we did that. Um, but I'm a bit in a food coma today. I just went for like an hour and a half walk to try <laughs> to walk it off. Um, and I don't think I've done a very good job because I'm still like still can't speak and my brain is kind of foggy. <laughs> But we will try to get through this podcast. Um, We're going to kind of glance over the injuries a bit just for the sake of this episode because there's not a ton of information out there. We do know that Adam Thielen is not going to play. That was the news that was recently announced. Um, He is still on the COVID-19 list. Julio Jones' status is still up in the air. He was not seen at practice yesterday. Um, And then Christian McCaffrey appears doubtful, but he is practicing in a non-contact jersey. So... There's something to watch there, but I think it would probably serve us best to just go right into the start sit, as we always do on the Friday episode. So, Samantha, why don't you get us started with someone you like for this week? Sure. So, I'm going to get started with Wayne Gallman versus the Bengals. So, weird name. I kind of feel like he's kind of flown under the radar a little bit because he's quietly stepped up since week seven with Barkley out. He scored in four consecutive games before the week, the team's week 11 by, and I think he should see ample scoring opportunities this week on the road against Cincy, especially with Devonta Freeman still out on IR. So I think he is a solid RB two with upside just in like a solid matchup and just based on how he's been playing. So while I don't have any running back not named Saquon Barkley, like he's a decent start for sure. Yeah, it kind of feels like Gallman has just been quietly producing for a long time. He just keeps finding his way into the end zone. And I mean, this Giants team, they're like kind of They've turned it around. Spunky. Yeah, yeah, they are spunky. I mean, they kept that Bucks game really close. Like they kept them, I mean, they've been they could win this division pretty easily. Like I yeah. think they could be the best team in this division. I was gonna say, like, where are we where are we at on the NFC least oh uh, power rankings? <laughs> I, I mean, don't know. Washington, I mean, Washington looked decent. So Cowboys look terrible. Yeah, they looked really bad. <laughs> like we had a glimmer of hope that Andy Dalton would like not be terrible, and the Cowboys. Yeah. I, I don't know which of their like uh, defenders said like we're gonna win out, and it's like, ooh. No, I don't think so. <laughs> also, Mike McCarthy. Like, what is he? What are you doing, man? Like that yeah. fake punt was one of the worst play calls I've ever seen in my entire life. It was, they were deep in their own territory. They had 10 yards to go and they ran a fake where a guy had to run horizontally for 20 <laughs> yards before he cut up field. Like, how do you think you're going to have time to execute that play? All right, <laughs> for another time. But yes, I agree. Wayne Gallman is a nice play for this week. The Bengals don't have a great defense. Um, I don't think they're gonna be able to move the ball very yeah, so. I actually think like the Giants could be ahead a lot of this yes. game, like yes, which sounds weird, but like the uh, who? Sorry, who is the guy that's starting again? That's not named Ryan Finley. Brandon Allen, who was Brandon there Allen. in Denver for okay I think, three games last year when there was gotcha. like a weird in between period between Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. Um, that was okay, when we were doing well, the Allen power rankings. It was like <laughs> Kyle Allen, Josh Allen when he was not good, and then Brandon Allen. I mean, fair. I don't. I. I don't know if I could say he's going to be better or worse than Finley, because like, I. I really haven't seen much of him. So I think he'll probably be better than Finley because it's pretty hard to be worse than Finley. That <laughs> offense just like completely fell apart. I mean, it's kind of hard to expect the guys to like go out and play after Joe Burrow gets injured. But yeah, I. I think this is a pretty good game script for the Giants and for Wayne Gallman. All right, so this is a two for one. I like both Derek Carr and Nelson Aguilar this week against the Falcons. So there's only one team in the NFL that gives up more passing yards per game. 
than the Falcons, and that's the Seahawks. And we all know how futile the Seahawks have been against the pass all season long. Atlanta's actually pretty decent at stopping the run. They have the ninth fewest rush yards allowed per game, and they're actually allowing the sixth fewest fantasy points to running back. So I think the, Ra- uh, the Raiders are just going to have to look to beat them with the passing game. And Derek Carr, he's been super solid this year. I mean, outside of a couple of weird games, there was that very bizarre weather game against the Browns that won 16 to 6. He just like didn't really have to do anything. And there was also that game where they destroyed Denver and like they ran for four touchdowns or something like that. And again, he didn't have to do anything in that game either. And apart from those games, he's had at least two touchdowns in every game except for one that was back in week one. So against the Falcons, I could definitely see Derek Carr putting up a very nice game. And for Nelson Aguilar, he's been a little bit of feast or famine. In his last five games, he has two with nine targets, at least 88 yards and a touchdown. And then he has two with two or less targets eight or less yards and no touchdowns. One of them was a total bagel. And then the fifth, he scored, I think, 55 yards, or he uh, logged 55 receiving yards and a touchdown. But so I definitely understand why you'd be hesitant to trust Nelson Aguilar. But I mean, those two games where he did nothing, those are the two bad games I mentioned. It was the Browns, the Broncos games. I can't see him not being involved here in a game where they're going to have to throw. And he's kind of been the wide receiver one. And he's kind of had a little bit of a redemption story after kind of flaming out in Philadelphia so I definitely think that both of these guys are kind of cheap but super viable options this week uh yeah for sure uh Carr is actually on my start as well um my start sit column that I write for the post and I had Aguilar in my waiver wire column as well so I really like them this week Carr had 275 yards and three touchdowns against the Chiefs and who have like a pretty good defense and the Falcons do not. They are giving up the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks this year. So I think he is an easy, like low end QB one, but he has decent upside too. So yeah, I agree. All right. Why don't you give us another one of your starts for the week? All right. So one guy I really like this week is Justin Jefferson versus the Panthers. So he delivered once again in week 11 against the Cowboys. He caught three of five targets for 86 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's going to be the number one target for the Vikings heading into week 12 with Adam Thielen on the COVID-19 reserve list after he tested positive. Um, you know, it's not exactly the same as, you know, when running backs, if a guy goes out and this guy gets a whole bunch of volume and he's an automatic RB1 or, or something like that, because that does mean that there is a little more coverage and a little more focus on certain guys. That said, like the Panthers don't have a good pass defense, so I'm not super, super concerned about the matchup or anything like that. So I think he's a rock star. Like, I mean, probably one, at least one of the top, if not the top guy this year um, out of the rookie class. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Justin Jefferson has kind of played himself into weekly starter territory, and um, especially in a week where uh, Adam Thielen is not going to be available. It does feel like Dalvin Cook is going to get like 30 carries yeah. in this game. But if they're gonna, I hope they're you guys are not playing against Dal- Dalvin Cook this week. Yeah, I, and also if you're playing DFS, I kind of feel like you have to play Dalvin Cook in every possible matchup um, because yeah, probably he's bad, and he's very not bad. He's very good. And, but yeah, I mean, they're going to eventually throw the ball and Justin Jefferson feels like the guy is just going to catch all the passes. So yeah, he is very solid this week. I agree. All right. So this is the last week I'm going to go down this well, probably (laughs) Travis Fulgham. I think that he is worth the start this week. The Eagles are playing the Seahawks, the Seahawks defense. They've been a little bit better over the past couple weeks. They still allowed Jared Goff to go over 300 yards. Uh, Kyler Murray was like 260. And Carson Wentz, yes, he's been a total disaster. He is full portals. He, he's all over the map. But I think he'll at least be able to move the ball in this spot. 
And I mean, Fulgham, yes, he's been really, really brutal over the past two weeks, but he is still averaging under seven targets in the last three games. And he's been kind of ineffective in that three-game stretch. And Wentz is still looking his way. I think this is a game where he could be productive. This might be the last one. And if you have a trade <laughs> deadline that happens after this week, maybe you like put him in your lineup, he does well, then you trade him because I just – I feel like the only way you can trust anyone in the Eagles passing game is against the Seahawks, but you can pretty much trust anybody against the Seahawks at this point. So I still feel like maybe there's a lot of teams that have much better options than Fulgham, but if you're like me and you have a league where you kind of have to start them um, and you have some injuries and uh, T Higgins, uh, I think there is some value here. And I think maybe in DFS too, there's people are going to be off him because he's been really bad, but I think there's definitely – an avenue to him having success this week. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the matchup. Of course, we've talked all about the Seahawks porous defense, but I am very concerned about Carson Wentz and whatever is happening with the Eagles. I think we've talked about, at least I have talked about this a lot, but I mean, now he leads the NFL in intercepts and it's just like all this stuff is coming out that like they are trying to dumb down the offense for Carson Wentz. Yeah. That's never a good and, and like literally it was like Carson Wentz is broken this source said <laughs> I wrote this article for the post and I just was like this is pathetic like it's a very sad like statement about a guy who like you know in his fifth year he should really not be looking this lost all the time but like every time he's under pressure it's like scary and I know it's a lot the offensive line so I mean I'm just a little concerned about their pass catchers they also said like we've seen like Richard Rogers and Dallas Goddard see a lot of targets just because it seems like you know it's almost like the same thing when like rookie quarterbacks lean on tight ends <laughs> i think like carson yeah. wentz has basically reverted himself back to being a rookie quarterback <laughs> he still but, he still has seven targets around yeah. seven targets in the last three games so it's not like no, no, no. Not that's, looks. that's fair yeah i'm just i'm it's more that i'm concerned about Wentz, but it's fair i'm very concerned about Wentz, and that's why i'm saying like <laughs> this is the only week i'm willing to trust anyone in the uh eagles passing attack especially a non-tight end i, I agree with you that like feels like dallas goddard is going to be a pretty solid start in the tight end position going forward because despite Carson Wentz looking terrible. He's still getting a lot of looks. And, I mean, it's easier to throw to tight ends. So yeah. um, that makes sense. But, all right, that's all I think I'll say about Travis Fulgham until <laughs> 2021, potentially. All right. Why don't Very you fair. give us another or your last start of the week? Sure. I'm going to go with Hunter Henry at the Bills. So Henry has scored in each of the last two games. He posted consecutive top six finishes, which, you know, Okay, granted, one of those finishes was against the tanking Jets team. And also, like, the tight end landscape is terrible. Like, tight end six is probably, like, six fantasy points. But but that said, the Chargers face the Bills this week on the road, who currently rank... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 30th in the NFL in fantasy points allowed to tight ends. So he is a very solid mid to high end tight end one this week, especially just just like like it looks like this Chargers offense has a lot to it, a lot of dimension, and Justin Herbert is looking amazing. So I'm all sold on this offense. Yeah, I was a little bit worried about the uh, Herbert to Henry connection at a certain point in the season, but yeah. I think it's like gotten back on track. He's gotten in the end zone the last couple games. Um, and yeah, it's, I feel like Hunter Henry is that like gif of the hand reaching out of the, out of the graveyard. <laughs> he's like, he's back. 
or the guy know, like, love it. rising out of the coffin. So it feels like Hunter Henry is getting to the point where he is trustworthy going forward. I like that pick a lot. All right. So for my last start of the week, I'm going to give you guys James White. So Rex Burkhead is out for the season, which that basically leaves James White with a monopoly uh, for the pass catching running back snaps. And White had nine targets last week. He had 83 total yards. And the Cardinals, who they're playing this week, the Patriots play this week, um, they're pretty solid on a per-snap basis against the run. So if you have to pick between White and Damian Harris, I think I like James White a little bit better because I kind of feel like they'll have to throw a little bit more to move the ball. I also think the Cardinals are going to put up points on this defense. I mean, the Patriots, they're dead last in DVOA for defense. And I think it's kind of weird to think about with Bill Belichick coach squad. And I think, like, in a chess match between Belichick and Cliff Kingsbury, you think you know who's going to win that. So you might want to upgrade them a little bit. But still, I think the Cardinals, like Kyler Murray will freelance and put up some points. And uh, the Patriots will be in a little bit less favorable game scripts. They'll have to throw a little bit. I think that's very beneficial for James White. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he was also in my waiver wire column. I like him a lot this week and moving forward just with Rex Burkhead out. I think like a lot of people assumed that it would be Damian Harris that would benefit the most, but I think that James White will also benefit a lot from him being out. So yeah, definitely a good start this week. I agree with you. All right. Before we do our sit, Samantha is going to give you a quick word from our friends at Manscaped. Fantasy football season is upon us, and due to quarantine, it's very possible that you have Zeke's haircut in your pants. Ew. That's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure that you don't gamble on shaving your balls the same way that you like to gamble on football. When it comes to men's hygiene, Manscaped is as good and safe as Alvin Kamara in a PPR league. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. This is the best protection for your franchise quarterback. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and has an LED light on it. Game changer. They just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on for their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. No one likes an ungroomed set of feet, fingers, and most importantly, balls. That's why they have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower, performance boxer briefs, a travel bag for you to use when we're done quarantining, and some other liquid formulations like the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, which ensures that your afternoon stroll doesn't end up with your ball sticking to your legs or smelling like eggs. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extract, which will give your testes a boost. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BRAWL at manscaped.com. It's time to give your testies the absolute besties with Manscaped. Love it. All right. Now we will move to our sits of the week. So some guys that we don't necessarily like this week based on matchup, based on just people we don't like or the DJ Tark, we'll see. So Samantha, why don't you get us started with one of your sits of the week? I ended on tight ends with the starts. So I'm going to start with a tight end here with sits. So sit Jared Cook 
versus Denver. So Cook's production has been nearly non-existent over the past two weeks. Um, he was catchless in week 10 and caught one pass for six yards in week 11 versus the Falcons, who have a comically bad defense against tight ends this year. Like it was like Robert Tanyan caught like three touchdowns yeah. against them. Every it was at a point where like every single tight end, it didn't matter, like it was like some random guy off the street was like gonna score against them. It's just been like weird because I think I was pretty low on him going to the season because I thought he was a regression candidate just because he had an absurd number of touchdowns um, that was like way over his like career averages and everything like that. And, you know, he was being drafted as a top 12 tight end. And I think it's uh, he's fallen more, though, than I think that he would even be. So part of that is kind of like a number of things like the offense hasn't looked even when Drew Brees is there, like not nearly as potent I think as we've seen it in past years just because Breeze's arm strength isn't really there um and now they've got Taysom Hill at quarterback who like I, I think that the whole offense just changes there and it, it seems like it's not changing in Cook's favor so I think that he falls pretty significantly shy of the tight end one threshold even in light of how bleak this landscape is yeah, and I'll actually just go right into one of my sits of the week because it's the same team and it's the guy throwing to him. So I am fading Taysom Hill this week. Look, I know he put up huge numbers last week because he had the rushing, he had two rushing scores. That's always going to buoy a quarterback's uh, fantasy production. That was against a bad defense. They were playing the Falcons. The element of surprise was very much there. Like They didn't announce that Taysom Hill was going to start until Friday, I think, so the team just didn't really have a chance to prepare for him. Now there's some tape on him. Saints are going on the road to Denver in the altitudes, a tough place to play against a defense that's getting better every week. And I don't think Vic Fangio is the best head coach, but I think he's a very good defensive mind. And I think he's going to figure out a way to scheme the defense to stop Taysom Hill because Taysom Hill is pretty limited. He's a running quarterback. He like, you can see that throw to Emmanuel Sanders down the field. He underthrew him by about like 10 yards. So mm-hmm. like we we're not super sold on his arm talent yet. I know last week was great because you got to play him in the tight end position if you're in an ESPN league, and I did that, and it was great. And I, I put up like 150 points. Um, but again, tight end eligibility is gone this week if you're playing in ESPN, so you basically just have to start him at quarterback. Uh, the over-under in this game is low. It's 43, and I don't necessarily think he's going to totally lay an egg. He still has the rushing, which is going to buoy him. And But I just like – there are no quarterbacks on by this week. I don't think you need to get cute and start him over someone else who's more established. So I think that's what basically what you're doing if you have Taysom Hill because like – it'd be pretty hard to like make it through an entire fantasy season without a quarterback. So you probably picked up Taysom Hill and you started him last week and you're like, all right, it's great. But like, I don't think he's going to put up 24 points again. And I think you probably have a better option or a different option if you have Taysom Hill. So I think I would stay away from him this week. No, agreed. Uh, The Broncos, I mean, they completely boxed up like stymied the Dolphins who were on a real hot streak going into that game last week. And I think that's worth mentioning um, because their defense didn't look that great at the beginning of the year, but they are significantly better than the Falcons are, I think. I think that's easy to say. So I think there's a lot of things at play here. There's the fact that rushing touchdowns for quarterbacks, like he's not Cam Newton, like Cam Newton at his peak, let's say, or something like that. Like it's hard to say that like you can expect to – uh, rushing touchdowns from any quarterback or anything like that. So it does feel like that was a little fluky. So hopefully you uh, took advantage of the one-week gift from ESPN, which, by the way, I if you have the 
take on Twitter or anywhere in the social media universe that like you are ruining, you are tarnishing the game by starting him at tight end. Like even if he was tight end eligible, like that is the dumbest take ever. And you yeah. just, you You're need to go somewhere else with that. You didn't do it. You didn't pick him up before the other guy. Literally, literally. So I made a TikTok about this and I was like, every one of those people would have done it if Taysom yes. Hill were on their bench and they were playing in a tight end eligible league. So anyway, hope you took advantage of that gift and don't start him this week. <laughs> that was a good little rant like that right there. I like it. <laughs> I, and I agree with you. I'm fully on board. All right. Well, I um, have a lot of takes on T- Taysom Hill in general. I think we both do. A lot Everybody of people. Has a, yeah, exactly. So he's the take guy this year. Like last year it was, who was it? Like James Winston, maybe. Um, fair, fair. Kind of both back and quarterbacks on the same team. <laughs> All right. Um, why don't you give us another one of your sits for the week? All right. So one guy that I think that you should sit this week and you should be sitting every week um, until something drastic changes is Marquise Brown versus the Steelers, who I think on this podcast, we have revoked his Hollywood name. Yes, he is independent <laughs> student film Brown until further notice. Yes. So he recorded zero catches on three targets um, in week 11 against a very below average Titan secondary. His like whole squeaky wheel thing, like he was like, you know, mouthing off on Twitter about how like he never gets to like see any targets. It was the game where like he had two targets and a touchdown or something like that in like one yard. Um, But clearly that approach hasn't worked. He, and like, he did see an uptick in targets, but then like he was unable to capitalize on those targets over the past three weeks. And, you know, he could see, you know, more targets. This game is so up in the air, but like if Dobbins and Ingram, I assume are not playing this game that is supposed to play Monday. Um, he could see a little bit more targets, but that said, the matchup against the Steelers is really not good. So he is not a trustworthy start, even in the deepest of leagues at this point. Yeah, I think you buried the lead here. Lamar Jackson also has COVID, so he's not playing this game. So oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I don't think there's any reason to like be in and like in any way. Like RG three, I guess, is gonna be the guy that's gonna play instead of him, which is like not a huge well, it's probably a significant downgrade, especially um like when you consider like Lamar Jackson's upside and his ceiling, but yeah, like Lamar ja- or uh, Marquise Brown hasn't produced with Lamar Jackson in there. And there's just, I, I don't think there's any league where you can justify starting him, even in like a 16 team league, just pick someone above the waiver wire. He's getting no points in games. It's just, it's not, it's not looking good for him. Very fair. Yeah. Sorry. I left that out. I copied these notes from my article that I read on Wednesday. So <laughs> All right, so another one of my sits for this week is T. Higgins against the Giants. So obviously the headline here is that Joe Burrow went down last week with a torn ACL, has a lot of knee damage, and he's not going to be back for the rest of the season. So that obviously huge. Jeremy, are you okay? Like you and I know it sucks. Very very sad. sad. Not like I'm sad for multiple different reasons. I love Joe Burrow. I have Higgins in one of my like very important leagues. He was my Uh, flex. He was my locked in flex and. Sucks, but um, so I'm actually not necessarily in the camp that Higgins and the Bengals pass catchers are going to be totally dead in the water for the rest of the season. Like if Brandon Allen finishes out the season instead of Ryan Finley, I think that's going to be a slight upgrade. And the Broncos offense last year wasn't a total disaster when he stepped in. Corlin Sutton was still productive. He was uh, targeted 25 times in the three games that uh, Brandon Allen started for the Broncos. He went over 100 yards in one of those games. Um, I know I just still I need to see it. The Giants is not a great matchup. James Bradbury could shadow him, could be on him a good chunk of the game. So, I mean, just leave T. Higgins on your bench for this week. Don't go ahead and drop him. Don't, like, try it, like, trade him for peanuts right now because I don't think 
I think there's a chance that it's not as super catastrophic as people think it is, but he's definitely not going to produce the, to the level that he was producing with Joe Burrow in there. And like, this is just not the week to like hope that he will. Uh, yeah. I don't know really what you're supposed to do with T Higgins or Tyler Boyd for that matter. If you have him in your leagues, uh, I kind of think that they're both sort of wide receiver three risky flex plays or something like that. Like in that range, there's nothing you can really like I wouldn't drop him yet. I it's possible that Brandon Allen meshes with this offense, but also like their offensive line isn't good. They I I don't know if Joe Mixon is ever going to return to this lineup. Yeah. Oh, uh, also worth mentioning that Gio Bernard has a concussion. Like yeah. I don't know, a lot of things happening there. So uh, that said, yeah, just I would sit him this week, especially if you have some better options. Like he's probably in that like wide receiver late thirties range for me. Yeah, so for an example, I would probably start Fulgham over T. Higgins this week. Yeah, that's, that's I probably would as well. Yeah. All right, why don't you give us your last sit of the week? Sure. So my last sit is Le'Veon Bell versus the Bucks. So Bell scored his first touchdown in a Chiefs uniform in Week 11 against the Raiders, but his usage has been really disappointing, and he has seen just 5.75 carries per game behind rookie Clyde Edwards-Elaire, who is still dominating touches for Kansas City. Um, so the former Jet will face the – Buccaneers top-notch defense which you know ranks second in the NFL in fantasy points allowed to running backs this season so he is uh you know Edward Solera is really the only guy that you really want to trust in this backfield um really on either side of this game because if you think about it like I don't want to start Ronald yeah. Jones or Leonard Fournette and I think I had Fournette in my sit column as well so all the running backs you're you're probably sitting except for CEH. Leonard Fournette had one of the worst games from a running back I've seen in a really long time. Like, not only did he have... Seven rushes for 17 yards and yeah. caught, like, one target for nine yards. And he, like, he dropped, like, three passes. He... Did you see that viral video someone tweeted of him just, like... There, it was, like, an all-22 clip. And just, like, <laughs> there was a giant hole to the right, and he just, like, cut to the left. He just, like, has no vision. Um, it's, it's a problem. I was never a big fan of Leonard Fournette before the season. And I actually have him in one of my leagues and kind of unfortunate, but yeah, back to Le'Veon Bell. I just kind of feel like he is just, I don't think he's going to be very productive this year unless something happens to Clyde Edwards Lair. He's just like Daryl Williams is getting about as much usage as him. So it's just not like, it's very weird. He might be washed up. He might just not be good anymore. Or he just might. It's not. interesting. Cause it was one of those things that I thought like, Oh, he'll leave. Adam Gase and be better like yeah. seems like everyone seems to do that and he hasn't looked better so maybe that's part of why they like weren't really featuring him too much so hmm, maybe Adam Gase finally got something right so that's mm, something yeah <laughs> even a broken clock is right twice. that's yes that is <laughs> all right um my last start of the or sit of the week sorry is Daryl Henderson for the four uh versus the 49ers um once again I continue to be unable to talk uh so Henderson's usage is kind of continues to not be great and this like Sean McVay's committee is just very much a committee and he doesn't really seem like he's going to commit to one guy for a chunk of the game as he was kind of doing at the beginning of the season with Henderson but like last week Henderson only had eight rushes last week for five yards which is heinous that was against I mean the Bucks uh, run defense who are like one of the best run defenses in the league if not the best the 49ers are still solid they have the 10 fewest rush yards allowed per game Seventh in rush defense, DBOA. And then Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown are just there. They remain a thing. I don't trust any of these guys. It kind of feels like Sean McVay is going to ride the hot hand. And, like, maybe that's Henderson at some point in this game or, like, in the game going forward. But I, I kind of feel like there's not a running back on the Rams that I feel comfortable starting right now. 
Literally no one. Like Cam Akers won the like Rams running back roulette wheel on (laughs) last week, but like it, it, who knows? Like it seems like it seems like for one week or maybe even a two week stretch that it's one guy, and then it's like definitely not that guy. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to predict, and it's just yeah. So even against the Forty Niners, like who aren't nearly as good as they were last year, I still yeah, I'm not I'm not convinced on anyone in this committee. Yep. All right. That wraps up Start Sit. We're going to do one quick ad break and then we'll come back to you with some picks. All right. We are back. And as we always do on our Friday show, here is Show Us Your Picks. So as we always do, we'll give you guys three picks that we really like. They could be ATS. They could be over-unders. They could be teasers, money line, whatever. Um, I think we kind of lost track of counting the score. <laughs> I did not do well the last few weeks, uh, but I feel a lot, I feel better about this week. I think the last few weeks have been kind of weird and no one was kind of winning. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to use that as an excuse. I think I got two of three last week. I, def- right. I think I got go. the Browns Eagles under and nice. yeah, there was, was one other one that I got. But yeah, so I will kick it off with yes. one pick that I like. It's Kansas City minus three or minus three and a half, depending on where you're looking at it, at Tampa Bay. I actually don't really seem to care if it's like minus three or three and a half because I would just take KC. Um, I think that they are just so much significantly better than Tampa Bay all around. The like Chiefs haven't covered their last two games in a row, but honestly – like the Bucks haven't looked good in two of their last three games. And you could make the case for three of their last four, if you want to include that Giants Monday night game that they almost lost. Like I was tweeting during that game, like, are they broken? Like, are they okay? And it was, it was kind of the first time that we saw any kind of like real flaws come out in that team. And they just haven't looked right in a lot of these games. Like, yeah, they beat up on the Panthers, but like, that's the Panthers. So yeah, you're insulting your own team there. <laughs> I am, but like they are a much better team than the Panthers. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're going. I, I I just think that that's this isn't even a conversation. Like Patrick Mahomes is gonna kill them. So <laughs> that yeah. is my pick. I'm I'm not sure which side of this I'm on. I think at three and a half, I would hesitate to take Kansas City just because mm-hmm. I hate minus three and a half always. Right. Um at three, I would feel more comfortable doing it. Um yeah, I know Tampa Bay's like not looked good at all the last few weeks, but they played a bunch of really good defenses in those games. I mean, the Rams have a really good pass rush. The Saints' pass rush really showed up in that game. And it kind of feels like when Brady gets hit and gets like beat up, he gets rattled and starts making bad decisions and like loses accuracy. I kind of feel like that's not going to happen this week. And I feel like Tampa Bay is still a really good team. So I would be I, like, I don't like three and a half point spreads. But what I do like for my first pick, this is a good segue. I love Chiefs Bucks over 56. I don't really see any way this game doesn't go over. I mean, you pencil in Patrick Mahomes and company for 35 plus points in every game. I mean, the Bucks, like, yes, they have a very, very good run defense, but they got exposed as kind of a mediocre pass defense last week. And Sean McVay kind of showed everybody that. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods just like went. Jared Goff looked game. good. Yeah, like. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I mean, their rush defense is great, but the Chiefs just aren't going to run and Patrick Mahomes will just throw the ball down the field and that'll be quick points. It'll be a lot of points. And on the other side, I mean, the Bucks have struggled against great defenses, as I said, but I mean, the Chiefs, they're solid. They're not great. They're not going to be able to get as much pressure on Brady. And I mean, Brady doesn't ever have two terrible games in a row. He had a really, really bad game. I would not, I would be shocked if he doesn't come out and just like plays much better and has a chip on his shoulder. I don't really have a play on the side, but I really do like the over in this game. And this is probably my best bet of the week. I like the over too. I just, yeah, I 
nothing else to add really i yeah, was gonna take number. them as well so yeah I know. Number, it's, but... it's definitely a scary number but i think that the bucks defense is not as good as i think they looked in like the first half of the year yeah i think both teams will put up sizable amount of points all right why don't you give us your second pick sure so i'm gonna take seattle minus five at philly minus five is like always a weird number but yeah. At that said, like the Eagles cannot do anything right at this moment. Like we have talked so much. I have talked so much about how I just think like Carson Wentz doesn't really know what's happening. Um, the O-line ranks last in the league in with an average of four sacks allowed per game. And they just lost right tackle Lane Johnson for the season with like a collapsed ankle, which is crazy. Um, so he's definitely not getting any help there. Uh, and he just looked lost all like it's it's just a very weird like regression sort of thing that we're are seeing and even though like it's a good matchup like I think the Seahawks yeah have looked a little off but they're the better team here so I think they went by at least a touchdown yeah they looked better last week too against yeah. the Cardinals and they covered a three-point spread in that game and they won by seven um the reason I would stay away from this and I I just am like a little bit more conservative when it comes to these type of things where it's like a heavy road favorite and I don't know if like five points is a huge it was like a super heavy favorite um but this is kind of it kind of feels like the momentum is like obviously in the seahawks favor uh favor but i just kind of feel like there are a lot of games where like teams can kind of snap out of it and like i feel like the eagles did that on monday night against the 49er maybe it was sunday night against the 49ers that one game um and like they every once in a while they look competent so like going to philly i'd be a little bit less a little bit more skeptical but if i were to lean i would probably uh lean to the seahawks i think they'll win the game I think you can te- like tease them down or something if you want. I think it's yeah. plus one. I don't really see a scenario where they don't win. All right. So my second pick, I like another over. So the Chargers Bills over 53. Both of these offenses, very good. Both of these defenses, very mediocre to bad. Both teams are in the top half of the NFL in explosive pass rate, both bottom half in terms of defensive DVOA. So, I mean, the Chargers have gone over 27 points in six of the last seven games, which get you to their half of this bargain. That'd be like 54 if you were to double it. Um, and then the Bills, they put up 44 and 30 in back-to-back weeks. And Josh Allen, I think he kind of went through a little funk in the middle of the season. I know he had an injury in his non-throwing shoulder, and the team just wasn't the same. Um, and he just wasn't, like, like throwing it down the field as effectively. But – he looked more like himself in the last couple of games. The only thing that would make me a little bit concerned is that John Brown might not play, but I still feel comfortable with this. It seems like it's going to be good weather. Um, I mean, Anthony Lynn only plays in one score games. That's his thing. So like if one of these teams puts up 30, the other team's going to put up 30. It's just like, and you just like, if you want to bet on one of those two, like the bills or the chargers going to 30 points against these two, like not great defenses. I think you'd bet that over, like any day. So I like this over a good amount. I love the dig at the Chargers. <laughs> like, yeah. They just, yeah, they just keep finding new ways to lose games. Um, I like this one as well. I do feel like the Bills offense has turned a corner from like a just weird time where I think everyone would like, they started out super hot. Josh Allen was like, people were talking about MVP candidate Josh Allen at the beginning of the year. And yeah, he's definitely, he had cooled off for uh, like significantly, but I think he's back and this is like, the Chargers are sneaky bad at defense. Mm -hmm. Like I think, no, because I think that like we went into the season thinking that they were going to be really good and they're like, they've actually been really, really bad this season. So I like this over as well. All right. Why don't you give us your last pick? 
This is a homer pick, but I'm going to go with Carolina plus three and a half at Minnesota. Also kind of like the uh, over 51 and a half. So the Panthers have been like sneaky scrappy this season. Like they have kept a number of games, like, com- like tough games, competitive. They kept the Chiefs game within two points. And yeah, the Lions stink. Like I think we've established that, but they did score 20 points with PJ Walker at the home, which I think is like an accomplishment because he's like an XFL guy. They like, could have scored 34 points in that game. They <laughs> yeah. In the end zone. Right, right, exactly. Um, like the, the Lions were really like trying to lose that game. I know <laughs> I couldn't even believe it, but yeah. So anyway, Teddy Bridgewater comes back this week. I all I just like I think that the Panthers could win this game outright. Like I, I don't I'm not saying that it'll happen, but I think it, it could happen. And the money line is plus one sixty five. If you're interested. Yeah, no, I actually like this one a lot. I think Minnesota they got like a lot of like boost in the market with kind of like Dalvin Cook going off and meeting the Packers they beat the Bears who were not good like I don't <laughs> think that was like a huge like victory for them it probably was a big victory for them but they just like it shouldn't really move the they had like a three them. game win streak right before last yeah. week yes. yeah yeah um and I mean yeah Carolina they just seem to be in these games always and they seem to like almost win all these games <laughs> they don't really get blown out so I don't see why there's any reason that they couldn't win this game and if not win at least cover three and a half because that's like a it's a pretty good number for me um so yeah i would definitely take carolina in this as well all right so for my last bet i'm gonna give you guys a teaser so packers right now they're favored by eight and a half points at home against the bears the titans are plus three against the colts i like teasing both so tease the packers down to minus two and a half tease the titans up to plus nine so on the packers end you're getting less than a field goal against the Bears, who have been historically putrid against the Packers, uh, especially at Lambeau. And I mean, they've been like terrible and putrid on offense this year overall. You take that any day of the week. I mean, this is Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be in prime time. He hates the Bears. He's coming off a loss, like where MBS had a brutal fumble. He's going to be angry. I would like, I'm almost inclined to take Packers minus eight and a half, but there's a little bit of uncertainty for me because so uh, Mitch Trubisky is actually going to start this game. Nick Foles is injured. Um, I don't think we really know what the offense is going to look like with Trubisky under center again, because it could be like the first couple weeks with the offense, like a little bit more simple and he's a little bit more effective, or they could make him just like run the Nick Foles offense where he's definitely not going to do well, but I just don't know that. I just, I feel a lot more comfortable with like, I think a two and a half point spread, even a three, if this goes up to nine, I'll probably still take it to three. Um, I don't think the Bears are going to win this game, especially not a Lambo, especially with kind of like the way this team is kind of free falling right now and things are just not going well for them. So, They're, yeah, like, in the playoff race, though. Well, if they add an eighth <laughs> slot, which they could do if, like, some of these games get postponed, they'll be in it. But I just don't want them to be in the playoffs. I want them to get a better draft pick. They're not a good team. They're not going to win a playoff game. It's just not going to happen. Um, but, yeah, so that is the first leg. Uh, the second leg, so the Titans plus three against the Colts. I know this was a blowout last time they played. The Colts beat them pretty handily, but that was just a really weird game. There was that A.J. Brown, like, 60-yard touchdown pass that he dropped that like, would have been a touchdown that would have changed the game. The Titans' special team is a disaster. They had that, like, FedEx driver punter guy um, who, like, shanked a 17-yard punt and had one blocked. So, like, take those three things out of it, and it's, like, basically an even game. And this is, like, the – like the Titans need to win this game to have a chance of winning the division basically. Cause then they'll just like lose the tiebreaker. And I think they'll keep it close. They'll definitely keep it within a score. And Philip Rivers has this weird injury that he's nursing. I don't think we know about it. It seems like he's going to play, but he could be a little bit limited. So I like the Titans plus nine as the second leg of the teaser. So those two Packers tease down to minus two and a half. 
Titans teased up to plus nine. Book it. I like it a lot. Love it. And that is all we have for this episode of Deep Sleepers. Shorter episode today, but we will be back to our normal schedule next week. Um, Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you guys are still uh, loaded with leftovers and have a full weekend of football to watch. I know that's all I'm going to do. I'm like, I'm back (laughs) home at my parents' place. My girlfriend's stayed in New York. So I have like... Now I'm, I just watch football all weekend. Not. <laughs> did you bring the Nintendo? Did you bring oh, yeah. the Nintendo Switch? Yeah, I don't think I've played it yet since I've been here, though. I've been kind of busy. So. Okay. But yeah, Very. I'll, I'll be doing that too. <laughs> Very fair. All right. Yeah, guys, have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>